0: Welcome to Forums for a Future. No, it's not 1960. It's nearly half a century later. But once again, there are warnings of danger all over the land. It's time, once again, to reclaim a future that is free of war, racism, and poverty, a brighter future of promise and hope. I am Edward Renner, your host, for a series of civic discussions forums if you will toward creating a more viable future the complete outline for the podcast series and all of the reference materials are available on the Forums for a Future homepage on my website at www.kerenner.com it is not sufficient to complain about the present. One must also have a prescription for the future. Podcast number 14. Knowledge as Public Domain, Not a Private Commodity. Part 1 of my podcast series contains a brief two-minute promotional and a conceptual foundation for thinking about change as the convergence of economic, political, social, and personal perspectives. Part two is a set of four podcasts providing a philosophy for the 21st century. Part three is a set of four podcasts describing three lessons from modern history on the interplay of power, wealth, and belief for informing the present. Part four presents three prescriptive principles for having a future. Today, in podcast number 14, I will discuss the third of these three principles, knowledge as public domain, not a private commodity. The key concept for today's podcast is, above all else, knowledge is the engine for human progress, not personal financial fortunes. In his book, Thomas Friedman quotes Bill Gates as saying, You need capitalism to drive innovation. To have a movement that says innovation does not deserve an economic reward is contrary to where the world is going. This is plain corporate doublespeak. It is the assertion that human progress and personal financial fortunes are one and the same. It is the modern version of the clearly absurd assertion from the past that what is good for General Motors is good for the country. Putting performance and knowledge in the public domain, as I would like to do, does not eliminate its capacity to create wealth. Rather the enormous power of wealth and knowledge are one in the same with human progress. They are the antithesis of building personal financial fortunes, fortunes that are largely responsible for the income and wealth inequalities that actually inhibit growth, and that force increasing numbers of the world's population into the despair of severe economic need. In the context of human progress, I am using the terms of information and knowledge in their broadest sense. Information and knowledge are not just the inventions and discoveries that produce patents. They are the ingredients that sustain our cultural, social, and political processes. Music, art, Communication about and with other people and places, as well as elections, all require unregulated free sources of information and knowledge. There are three elements for establishing information and knowledge in the public domain. First, ownership of information and knowledge should not be treated the same as ownership of land and natural resources. Number two, preservation of free and open information and knowledge is essential for the survival of the democratic process. And number three, determination of who shall control information and knowledge is the economic struggle of the 21st century. Let's consider each of these in turn number one land natural resources and information in the pre-modern era wealth was based on land and and crops that could be produced however with the agricultural and industrial revolutions of the modern era these became less important as the basis for wealth there has been a shift to natural resources and in particular energy now in the postmodern era both land and natural resources are becoming less important the basis of wealth is shifting to owning information and knowledge with this change there is growing pressure to move knowledge out of the public domain where it has been historically now old notions of property entitlements are being expanded to knowledge we have popularized the term intellectual property rights to make them seem like land or oil. Owning knowledge is a relatively recent historical event. The wheel, the sale, pottery, weaving, corn, sweet potatoes, music, stories, and many more examples of industry and culture spread through social exchanges. Personal ownership of information and knowledge is the aberration, not the standard. Today, the music industry's attempt to stop the sharing of digital music files is an illustration of the ownership of creative information. And the commercial role assumed by pharmaceutical firms to mass market as a commodity high-priced prescription drugs illustrates knowledge in the service of corporate profits, not in the service of greater health as human progress. Personal fortunes were not one and the same with human progress in the historical struggles for land and natural resources, nor are they now, even though we have shifted to knowledge and information as the currency for power and wealth in the 21st century number two information and democracy democracy is not primarily about elections fundamentally democracy is about responsible civic participation fulfilling civic responsibility requires an open and truthful information as well as the political and economic security to participate freely in civic life these twin conditions are fragile they require vigilance because they are under constant threat from those who would use their absence to acquire power for private not common ends these conditions are most at risk at times of social change at these times people Feel a psychological need for a greater sense of personal certainty. Now is one of those times. The personal capacity for living with greater, not lesser, uncertainty about the future is what is required to have an appropriate philosophy for the 21st century. Times of social change expose us to the underbelly of fear, Information that can be manipulated to provide a false sense of security is the spear that can cost us the capacity for for, for fulfilling our democratic, civic responsibilities. Most often, these are false calls to patriotism based on a self-protective sense of security that quell the fears of uncertainty. The Bush administration has engaged in just such a campaign against open and truthful information under the pretext of fighting a war on terrorism. A far greater threat to democracy and an open society is this unrelenting war on truth, not Iraq. It has severely eroded the democratic ideal used as the pretext for aspiring the new American century. Democracy is far too fragile to withstand complacency in the name of patriotism. A false sense of certainty, based on information that is outside the public domain, sacrifices the essential vigilance of civic responsibility. Number 3. Information, the economic battle of the 21st century. We are used to thinking of an open society in political terms, in which information and knowledge are the antidote to abuse of power. But as knowledge becomes a commodity, it assumes economic power as well, and the antidote also becomes the poison for which it has been the remedy of choice. As the poison, information is the new leverage expanding the class divide between the rich and the poor it is the tool for an ever-expanding inequality of income and wealth but as the antidote it is the potent for the reduction of poverty and the lever for achieving the good that results from the balance of power the challenge is to prevent the transformation of information and knowledge from a resource for human progress to a commodity for private financial gain. This turn of the century has seen the start of these struggles. Some examples are, first, who killed the electric car? In 1990, California was in a pollution crisis. Smog threatened public health. The California Air Resources Board targeted auto exhaust as the source of the problem. Inspired by General Motors prototype electric vehicle, the zero emissions mandate was issued. It required 2% of new vehicles sold in California to be emission free by 1998. GM launched its EV1 electric vehicle in 1996. It was a revolutionary modern car requiring no gas, no oil changes, no mufflers, and rare maintenance. Ten years later, the car was gone. The electric car was killed by its own creators and by the petroleum industry through power politics and public space to rescind the zero emissions mandate and to preserve the status quo of our dependence on oil. Number two, who owns the internet? Legislation to protect internet neutrality is currently under attack. The phone and giant cable companies have launched a legislative counterattack to be able to charge a fee for preferential access. They have done so under the misleading banner of hands off the Internet. In reality, hands off means an unregulated opportunity for price gouging by selectively controlling the flow of information. Number three, who owns research? Universities are devising programs to commercialize their inventions. The key word is their inventions. As an illustration, the National Hurricane Center for many years used a forecasting model developed by Florida State University, which public dollars helped to support. The university then sold their model to a private corporation that in turn plans to to lease the use of this intellectual property to the Hurricane Center for a fee. Number four, who owns the culture? One of the products of the modern era has been to commercialize artistic production, which, what today we view as normal, represents a strange chapter in the history of creativity technology allowed previously fleeting entertainment to be captured distributed and then sold as a result the arts are increasingly defined by a new class of professionals which has emerged to provide passive consumers the commodity of culture so how can public domain compete with these challenges which treat information as if it were land? How can our political processes work when millions of dollars are spent on sound bites and negative ads at election time? Where is the leverage to battle the wealth and power of those who would control information? The answer to these questions is in the emergence of the public domain. Discovery and technology were the defining elements of the modern historical struggles to achieve human progress. Today, it will be the place of information in the public domain. First, the challenge for creating an efficient electric car will not go away, given the threat of environmental collapse due to global warming and over three dollars a gallon price for gasoline. But neither will the push from oil companies to maintain the status quo for global dependence on oil and to expand exploration and extraction technologies as opposed to sustainable alternatives. Number two, the challenge for wider and more open access to information will not go away, but neither will the push from research universities to profit from patents and and inventions that will increase their competitive position with respect to other research institutions, their dependence on public financing notwithstanding. Third, the challenge of net neutrality will not go away, but neither will the lure of potential profits for the large communication giants who are waiting to reap the gains from commanding fees for efficient access, thus contributing to the growing inequalities between the rich and the poor, and between the elite and the common. And fourth, the challenge for reversing the trend toward the professionalization of culture is critical. The key to the resistance to knowledge as a commodity is the emerging new resistance of popular culture Individuals are participating in increasing numbers in hobbies, crafts, art, home video, podcasts, and other forms of non-professional creative expression. This counter-movement is a deeply personal response to the loss of identity that occurs when creative self-expression is commercialized. Keeping this spirit alive will be the springboard for sustaining the many specific struggles that will be required to preserve and enlarge the public domain. There are encouraging signs that this new renaissance is starting to take hold, like a large information commons in the center of civic life, in the same way the commons used to be a green area in the center of a village Supporting the social, economic, political, and psychological vitality of the community, several examples of these trends, although all are under ta- under attack, are number one open courseware MIT has made access to all of its course materials available online for free without registration by self-learners around the world. Number two, the death of DRM. Digital rights management codes, which protect music from unauthorized duplication, is under pressure to allow music distributions that can be copied, ripped, mixed, and burned. Number three, Wikipedia. Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia that is written and maintained by users, Has demonstrated that people will freely share their knowledge and information in a highly reliable and responsible manner. Number four, intellectual work. Professors routinely put copies of their own work on their web pages. They are now threatened with lawsuits from publishers who wish to protect the text for sale and who oppose the unrestricted flow of ideas number five open access the National Institutes of Health have announced a policy for for providing free access to the large scientific literature it has funded the Association of American publishers among others is resisting the Institute's request for scientists to make their work freely available number six freeware and shareware, there is a strong tradition of people who have distributed software applications for common tasks and then have made them freely available. So in summary the conclusion is knowledge is not a private commodity. Knowledge as public domain is an essential element for the social cohesiveness that is required to place human progress in front of economic growth as the proper means and purpose of globalization, and which will put sustainability of the planet over collapse as the end point. Knowledge as public domain is an essential element for a political commons in which civic responsibility, as the cornerstone of our democratic process, rests on information that is open and free from overt manipulation but above all else knowledge as public domain is the engine for regaining a psychological sense of self a sense in which the human condition is both our personal responsibility and our own personal destiny the future is ours to claim or forfeit while we watch we are living our children's future. Thank you for the day. No it is not 1960 and I am not living in the past. It's nearly one half of a century later and I am looking into the future. There's an urgency now to finish what was started then. It has taken another war, another replay of Vietnam to bring us full circle. But this time there is the absolute necessity of putting into practice what was then seen as the exuberance of idealistic youth. Well, it's no longer youthful idealism. It is our new reality for both the youth and the adults of today. Either we embrace fundamental economic, political, social, and personal change, or we will forfeit collected future. The youth and the adults of today have common cause for a cross-generational commitment, a commitment by the youth to lay claim to a viable future, a commitment by adults to revisit the idealism of their past, this time for actually creating a sustainable future. What an exciting time to be alive.